This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 27. Today, we hear about the Andean bear. We try to guess three animal mystery sounds, animal zoo news, and a lot more. And hello and welcome again to the Visit the Zoo podcast. My name is Frederick Fishman. I am your host and the author of the 12-book Visit the Zoo series, Books on Animals, 120 animals, available in, as an ebook or print, audiobook, DVD. I just revised the anthology, which is a collection of all 12 books into one volume, and put it up on Amazon and Amazon Kindle, so you may want to check that out. You also may want to check out our websites as well. There are three. Uh, Let me give them to you. The first one is our main website that we use for the podcast, and that is Zoo Animals. That's plural, zooanimals.info. And then I have my main author website at Frederick Fishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N, frederickfishman.com. And if you want to support and help everything that we do here on Visit the Zoo, you can go to our Patreon account at P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, slash visit the zoo. Okay, let's get going. And we're going to start off today by reading three stories that just came hot off the wire. And the first one is from Cleveland. And this is about a new baby rhino that just was born. And it says that prepare for an overload of cuteness thanks to an unusually warm weather that the zoo in Cleveland finally debuts Lulu the baby rhino for a public view. This painfully adorable rhino was born in February but was kept out of the public eye to bond with her mother. According to the zoo, eastern black rhinos are considered critically endangered, with less than 750 remaining worldwide. Lulu is the daughter of Mama Rhino, Kibibi, and was given her name after the zoo held a baby calf naming contest for donors. The winner was chosen based on the name receiving the most donations for the zoo's Future Wildlife Fund, Lulu received more than $1,200 in donations, nearly half of what was raised for the entire contest. Lulu is the zoo's sixth eastern black rhino, but she's due to be joined by another this fall. So congratulations to everybody there in Cleveland. This next story comes from KSLA News 12 in Shreveport, but it's about the Alabama Safari Park. There's something wild happening about 20 miles south of Montgomery, Alabama, in a city called Hope Hill. And as you drive down a dirt road into the facility, it's almost as if you were going into Jurassic Park. Thankfully, what's inside that wild but still pretty cool place is a brand new Alabama Safari Park. It opened at the beginning of March. We have about 30 species on the property and over 400 animals, said Chris Morganson with the Alabama Safari Park. It's very unique. You'd be surprised how many animals will come right up to your window. The land here is great for grazing opportunities. The land has rich soil, so it grows all the grass they can eat, says Morganson. You drive through with your own car, windows down, and you can even feel a lot of these animals along the way. Just hold tight when you get close to the camels. They are very excited with grain, and they'll actually take the buckets from you. Congratulations to the Alabama Safari Park for their opening not too long ago in southern Alabama. And finally, here is an article from the Sunshine Coast Daily, which is in Australia. 
Oscar-winning actor Russell Crowe has made a life-saving donation to the Australia Zoo Wildlife Hospital. Crowe has funded a state-of-the-art endoscope, which is a vital piece of equipment used by the hospital team to save sea turtles. The new endoscope will give the veterinarians the ability to conduct otherwise invasive surgical procedures with minimal impact on the patient by avoiding large-scale incisions for tasks such as removal of fish hooks. Founder of Wildlife Warriors, Terry Irwin, said she was very appreciative of this generous donation. This endoscope will mean a higher success rate for rehabilitating sick and injured sea turtles, enabling even more of these endangered animals to be returned to the ocean. Russell Crowe's generosity will not only benefit individual sea turtles, but will also contribute to the well-being of the entire species. All right, we come to a favorite segment now, and that is guessing the animal sounds. And I have three lined up for you, and some are indistinguishable. You will not be able to figure it out, I, I don't think. But we'll give it a shot anyhow. Okay, here is our first animal, and this is a herd of these animals. So listen carefully. distinguish what those animals are, but you may be surprised when I give the answer later on in the episode. Okay, here is animal number two. See if you can guess what this is. I'm going to do that one more time. And again. Okay, this is animal, mystery animal sound number three. This is actually two of these animals that are fighting. Let me play that again. And those are our mystery animal sounds for today. Okay, let's go on now to the animal description lifted from one of the three audiobooks that I recorded for Visit the Zoo. One of these days, I'm going to get around to doing the rest of them. Uh, books number one, two, and three of the Visit the Zoo series I've recorded uh, as an audiobook, and you can get those at audible.com or by going to Amazon. And this is the Andean bear. If you look at the picture, I don't know whether the Andean bear is a handsome-looking fellow or kind of strange-looking. But anyhow, here's a little bit about the Andean bear. Humans have looked at the Andean bear, or the speckled bear, in several ways. The round face and the furry body makes them attractive to observe, and cute and cuddly. But their misplaced reputation of killing and eating domestic livestock have made them competition in the eyes of farmers and hunters. They live in the higher elevations of South America, usually not below 6,200 feet in elevation, and sometimes as high as 16,000 feet. Besides the cloud forests, they also live in grasslands and scrub desert countries, Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and western Argentina. They are adaptable in their habitat. 
Their diet is mostly sweet fruits, leaves, roots, insects, and some animals, but very little meat. Like all bears, they do like sugarcane, honey, and corn. Of course, those are crops grown, cultivated by man. So man sees them as a threat to farms and cultivated crop production. So what do you think? Do you think you guessed what those three animals were that I played for you earlier in the episode? Well, let's see if we can figure that out and tell you a little bit about them. Here is the first animal sound that I played for you. And what you were listening to there was a herd of alpaca. Now, alpacas are domesticated animals. They're a species from the camelid group, as in camels, and they are native to South America. Alpaca and llamas are related, closely tied to the Andean people who live in the Andes Mountains of South America. They're kept in herds high in those mountains. Now, they're smaller than llamas, and they're not bred to be beasts of burden like the llamas are. Their prize is their fur for sweaters, gloves, hats, scarves, and textiles. Here's an interesting and somewhat disgusting habit they have. When they get distressed or fearful or agitated, they tend to spit. So if you're in front of them, you better move to the side. They are 32 to 39 inches in height at the shoulders, and they weigh between 106 and 185 pounds in weight. And it's that fur, that beautiful fur, that can really capture your imagination as to what can be done with it. They have been domesticated for thousands of years. They do live in herds, but they can be aggressive, but they are beautiful. All right, here is our next animal sound, and this is a short one, so I'm going to repeat it several times. That's a chipmunk. Chipmunk is a small striped back rodent that's found in North America and in Asia. They love to collect and store food for the winter months. They eat and store nuts, seeds, small fruits, some buds. Sometimes they eat grass and sprouts. And sometimes they like to go into cultivated areas where man grows grains and vegetables. And they can be considered a pest by raiding human gardens. Their ground burrows can be up to 11 feet in length, and they live about 3 to 5 years in the wild, but as much as 11 years in captivity. In captivity, they can sleep as much as 15 hours a day, and they don't have to be as alert as when they're in the wild. Now here is our third and final mystery sound for today. What you're listening to there are two of these small little furry things that uh, are fighting. These are fox. They are small to medium-sized omnivores, mammal omnivores. They've got a pointed snout. They're reddish in color, but there are also gray foxes out there as well. They are smart and they are clever. They have a big bushy tail. They live on every continent on the globe except for Antarctica. 
They're part of human history and culture and have been for centuries. The males average from 9 to 19 pounds, but the fennec fox is the smallest at 1.5 to 3.5 pounds. Their typical lifespan is short. It's only 1 to 3 years. They eat insects, reptiles, birds, eggs. They live in small family groups. They vocalize by whining or yelping, growling or barking. Sounds like a dog, doesn't it? Foxes adapt well to humans, and they do like us. But at times, they like also our rabbits and our hens. So sometimes they're considered to be a pest. And those are our three animal sounds, our mystery animal sounds for today. We're coming towards the end, believe it or not. I can't believe how the time has really flown here. We're coming to the section of the podcast where I usually read a poem. Uh, but today I'm going to read some quotes. These are quotes about our animal friends. The first one is written by Aristotle, who was a Greek philosopher who lived from 384 to 322 BC. And like I said, he was a philosopher and he was a scientist too. At his best, man is the noblest of animals, separated from justice. He is the worst. This next quote is from Alfred A. Montepert, who was an author and philosopher who lived from 1906 to 1997. Animals are reliable, many full of love, true in their affections, predictable in their actions, grateful and loyal, difficult standards for people to live up to. And this next one, this next quote, is from Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I'm sure many of you have seen on television. He's got a podcast. He's a world-famous physicist in New York. Humans aren't as good as we should be in our capacity to empathize with feelings and thoughts of others, be they humans or other animals on earth. So maybe part of our formal education should be training in empathy. Imagine how different the world would be if, in fact, that reading, writing, arithmetic, and empathy were taught. This next quote is from Jane Goodall, who is a world-famous primatologist and anthropologist. You cannot share your life with a dog as I had done in Bournemouth or a cat and not know perfectly well that animals have personalities and feelings and minds. This next one is from Michael Morpurgo. Anna, you may know him. He's a very famous author, children's author, young adult author, and his most famous work is War Horse, which was turned into a successful film by Steven Spielberg. Animals are sentient, intelligent, perceptive, funny, and entertaining. We owe them a duty of care as we do children. And finally, this is from Jack Hanna, who is the director emeritus for the world-famous Columbus Zoo and Aquarium in Columbus, Ohio. Zoo animals are ambassadors for their cousins in the wild. And those are our quotes for today. We've come to the end of this episode number 27 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. I want to thank you very much for joining me. I've had a great time doing it and recording, and I hope you've had a good time listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, 
rate, and review on iTunes and 10 other podcast distribution channels that, that we distribute our podcast on. And by the way, we just started posting up all of our podcasts on YouTube. And you can search for it under Visit the Zoo Podcast. Again, please subscribe, rate, and review. And remember our three websites, Zoo Animals, plural, zooanimals.info, and then my main author website at frederickfishmanfichman.com. And if you want to help support us and all that we do here at Visit the Zoo, with your donations, that would be appreciated greatly at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Visit the Zoo. And also remember that the Visit the Zoo anthology with all 12 books has just been updated, new cover and some other changes on the inside. And you can get that link also at zooanimals.info. I hope you've had a good time today with this episode. I know I have, and I hope that you have a great week ahead. And thank you very much for joining me. Take care. Bye for now.